A word of warning. What follows includes harrowing testimony and graphic descriptions of human rights violations. She was proud to be a revolutionary and proud to be an African woman. But she had no idea how she would be battered physically, mentally and emotionally for her beliefs by the apartheid security police, the prison authorities and even her own sisters in the struggle. She was Greta Appelgren, the ANC's woman in the 1986 Magus Bar bombing in Durban and the colored Catholic who converted to Islam to become Zahra Nakedin. Angie Kapilianis tells Nakedin's story of suffering and strength, both in jail and in the color of her skin. I'm out of prison now for more than 10 years, but I haven't recovered, and I will never recover. I tried to be normal again, and the more I struggled to be normal, the more disturbed I became. I had to accept that I was damaged. A part of my soul was eaten away by maggots, as horrible as it sounds, and I will never get it back again. Winter 1986, Zahra Nakadin and Robert McBride are picked up in Nigel on the Far East Strand. Their hands are cuffed behind their backs. Thick woolen balaclavas are pulled over their faces, back to front. They are driven like that for three hours until their blindfolds are damp with sweat. CR SWAT Police Station, Durban. Zahra Nakadin is interrogated and tortured, day in and day out, for a week on the 13th floor. When they hurl abuse at her, she rolls the rosary beads in her head and prays silently. So they started to take a plastic bag. Then one person held both my hands down and the other one put it on my head. And then they, they sort of you know, sealed it so that I wouldn't be able to breathe and keep it on for at least two minutes. By that time, the plastic is clinging to my eyelids, my nostrils, my mouth. My whole body is going into spasms because I, I, I really can't breathe now. They did it to me for about three times and, and I still wasn't prepared to, 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 to surrender to them. It's time to intensify the treatment, so they ask the wardress to leave the room. And I was wearing, for all these days, the same clothing, just uh, well, a dress on. And I was also menstruating at the time, and I told them that I was menstruating, so I couldn't stand for so long, and I was bleeding a lot. But they made me lay on the floor and do all kinds of physical exercises, what they call press-ups. Then reducing the fingers, so I had to pick myself up with just two fingers. And by then I couldn't because, I mean, my body was tired, it was sore, and I had to drop it. And they would kick me while I was down, kick me and tramp me. And, and all the time, it still didn't really matter. When they realize they can't break her physically, they blackmail her mind and emotions. And the only thing that really made me break in the end was when they threatened to go back to my house and kidnap my four-year-old nephew, Christopher, bring him to the 13th floor and drop him out of the window. Now, at that point, I was really at my weakest, but I couldn't hand over someone else's body. Solitary confinement is what she gets, more than 100 days in isolation. Being the only woman political prisoner in the furthest cell, though, doesn't really bother her. What really bothered me was the rats. These were huge rats. They're the size of cats. 
that were in the cells, in the passage, all the time. I would sit and eat my food. Three of them would, rats would just sit and look at me. I would be in the yard praying. The rats would just be around me there. I'll get up, chase them, they'll come back in. And in one particular evening, it just it was crawling on me, and I, and I, I didn't quite mind until it got to my neck, and I went totally berserk. I screamed the whole prison down, but when they eventually came, they found me in a corner. I was actually eating my T-shirt. That's how berserk I went. Peter Maritzburg Prison. Zahra Nakadin stands trial on 18 counts of terrorism, including the Magoos Bar bombing and the Edendale Hospital raid to rescue Gordon Webster. The wardresses are hostile and aggressive. To them, I'm a dangerous terrorist, she says. So they make her strip. Twice a day, for two and a half months. Prison rules, they say. I had to actually stand fully naked and I used to say, never, I am not going to take my, my panties off for you. You do all the searching and when you're finished, I'll pull it down quickly. Clarkstore Prison. Zahra Nakadin is convicted on five counts. A fight breaks out between two comrades from Kwazakele. They blame her, the coloured. The section head believes them and banishes her to seven months in isolation. The basement and their betrayal become her living hell. Sorry to pay a price just for being a coloured person. It was the first time I had to face up to the fact that I was part of a minority. Other than that, I was just an African woman. It was painful for them to also deny me that right to be an African woman. Because my parents have always taught me that my Zulu ancestors were not So, So it hurt also to be tortured by your own comrades, but I suffered unnecessarily because of this current issue. It was like eating my own vomit, she says. A painful reality I had to embrace. I don't even want to describe psychologically what I had to do to survive down there. I will write it one day, but I could never tell you. But, um, <clears throat> but it did teach me uh, something, that no human being can live alone. <clears throat> Because there's nothing you can do to survive all by yourself every single day. But I felt as the months went by that I was going deeper and deeper into the ground. With no Bible, no birds, no butterflies. Just empty cells all around her like coffins with corpses. I felt as if the whole world had abandoned me, that God had abandoned me. Somehow she shakes those thoughts away. Maybe my soul will heal. I don't hate my torturers. I do forgive them, she says. But I could never again be the person I was. Just one woman's story. <laughs>